Can we just see something right fast? Tatsiomi? 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 It sounds different when she says it slow. <laughs> Welcome to Use Case. I'm Austin Weber. And I'm Clinton Walker. And today's topic is going to be The Failure of PHP, a very clickbait title that was totally <laughs> intentional. Uh, before we start with that, we're going to do a quick personal update for the both of us. So what's happened with me since the last episode is that uh, I have finished my undergrad now. So I'm done with my bachelor's and that means almost nothing because I start with uh, my PhD next semester at LSU. So I'll be doing graduate school for the next many years of my life. <laughs> uh, so for about a decade, I'll be in school, and that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, big things happening, big things happening. Since the last episode, uh, I got married, so that was a thing. Big. Yeah, big, big life decisions. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, honeymoon was great, we're back, and uh, life is good. So both of us doing big things. Mm. Continuing life. Yeah, life goes on. Um Cool. So that's kind of what's been going up with us for the past, you know, month or so. And mm -hmm. um, I guess with that, we'll go ahead and get into Get Trendy, mm -hmm. um, our super neat uh, segment where we talk about some things we found on the trending page of GitHub. Uh, I guess I'll go ahead and start with mine, which is Tesseract JS. Um, I was super excited when I saw this. Because I have actually used Tesseract before. It's a um, open source OCR library. Uh, so no licensing fees. Big mm -hmm. deal in OCR. It is a big deal. Because uh, <laughs> OCR is hard, uh, right? And for the uninitiated, what do I mean? OCR, optical character recognition. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so Tesseract does that. And this is a JS wrapper around Tesseract. So I don't know. You could do OCR in your React app. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's cool. I have no idea how performant it is. Uh, I can tell you the C-sharp wrappers for it are pretty darn good because um, I've used those. But uh, anyway, just a neat, looks like a pretty simple wrapper around this thing. And um, yeah, so if you're looking to do some OCR, maybe this is a good way to get into it since JavaScript is so accessible. It is very cool. And I mean, it, it gives you that uh, tooling that if you ever needed something like this even if you didn't need it to be very quick or even 100 percent accurate i mean i'm not really sure how performant it is uh tesseract in general uh in the c sharp code that i've used it's it's okay we've always had to to work around it being somewhat slow you know you do background mm -hmm. processing that kind of thing mm -hmm. um it's not in the speed demon or anything like that and it's mm -hmm. not you know a hundred percent accurate but uh, it gets the job done uh, in reasonable time and for free. <laughs> the big deal. So if you, you needed know. it, I mean, you could int integrate this into whatever JavaScript you had going on, Angular, React, anything Even like that. Server so. side with Node. And mm -hmm. so it's it's a really neat little library. Um, cool. It's got some examples of how it works, and they even link out to some example um, 
repositories for using it in React and Angular and Vue and TypeScript. So very good. Really neat. More steps for uh, open source things. Woo. All right. So I guess I'll start with mine. That uh, is, if if I can pronounce it correctly, <laughs> it is Tatiomi, which is actually a uh, Android manga reader written in Kotlin, which it was the first thing that excited me is that it's Kotlin because I like Kotlin. Uh, the second thing that excited me was that it's an open source manga reader that pulls from all of the uh, big platforms for like scanlation or even just uh, I think a lot of them just upload other scanlations. Uh, so things like uh, Manga Dex, Kiss Manga, the big ones that most people know. For people that meet, read manga, which I do, and a few other people do, just a few of them. <laughs> But as far as uh, manga readers go, I'm definitely going to try this out to see how it is and maybe report back later because it looks like it's easy enough to use and it looks like it probably does a good job based on uh, what I can see about it. So I might try this out and then report back later as to whether or not it's really that good. But it uh, doesn't look like it's up on the Play Store from what I can see, but... I imagine it probably will be later on. They have not made a full release yet. So they're on 0.8.4. So they're not on release version one yet. But uh, when they do, it'd be interesting to see if this becomes like another big uh, Android manga reader because there really aren't that many that are very clean and work that well. So it'd be good to see another one come up. Yeah, I have no idea how it works because I haven't actually, you know, pulled, we neither of us have actually used mm -hmm. it yet, but the screenshots that they have look pretty nice. They look, mm -hmm. it looks pretty clean. Like you said. Um, and of course it's written in Kotlin, which is neat. Mm -hmm. So yeah. good language, very good language. It's a cool little project. Ooh, wait, dark theme. Do they have a dark they theme? They have dark themes. Oh, well that makes it that much better. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go, folks. <laughs> All right. So that'll be that'll be good to see how that comes along. So we'll we'll uh, definitely probably talk about that one later based on whether or not I decide I, I hate it or love it. So we'll see. And with that, we can conclude get trendy mm -hmm. and move on into the main event. So uh, Clinton, why is PHP so bad? I don't know. <laughs> uh, it kind of depends on uh, which horse you ask as to uh, what answer it will give you. Yeah. It. Definitely in doing the research for this, it, it definitely felt like there's no um, there's no unbiased party in this debate. <laughs> and that makes it really hard to do research. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the research we actually end up doing, I think, falls within this first topic, which we're going to talk about, which is kind of a brief history. Mm -hmm. um, and then the rest of it's pretty opinionated. Mm -hmm. So we'll a try big, to <laughs> it's a very big divide on... It's kind of like a political spectrum of just <laughs> extremism both ways where uh, people who really like PHP defend every quirk it seems to have, which is a biased way of saying it, but it kind of seems like it. Uh, and people who don't like PHP will find any reason to not like it. So right. people yeah. just start attacking it. So before we start, um, you know, our segments on, um, you know, PHP apology and uh, PHP hate. Let's talk a little bit about how we got here. 
with PHP. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it started by uh, a single individual, Rasmus Lerdorf, Lord Lerdorf, oof, Lerdorf, uh, who started as like a templating language. He was trying to make dynamic web content, mm-hmm. and I think he knew some C, and he thought, you know, maybe I can do some some fanciness in C, and make my web pages do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he did, and it was neat. And that's what's interesting about PHP is that its origins are on the web. Right. So a lot of languages that are commonly used for web development now weren't born there. Mm-hmm. They're born somewhere else for other reasons, to do other things. And then someone says, oh, let's make a web framework. Mm-hmm. And that, that you see that repurposing with everything now where Java, C Sharp, Python, every language now, even even C, you have some way of like repurposing things for yeah. web development in some way, either web development or web interaction. So server side even, there's a lot of there's a lot of server side for everything. And then there's a lot of templating and things for other languages. Uh, Java surprisingly has uh, different frameworks that are like GWT, which is like, oh, come on, build web pages in Java. That sounds like a great idea. Um, <laughs> so it's interesting to see that PHP did actually start as a web language, and that's that's that was the intention. Right, and I, I have this this quote I found from Rasmus that I think pretty much kind of summarizes the history of PHP. It is as follows, quote, I don't know how to stop it. There was never any intent to write a programming language. I have absolutely no idea how to write a programming language. I just kept adding the next logical step on the way. Mm-hmm. It's unquote, first of all, but it it, it has this weirdness of... Uh, I, there was no predetermined architecture. Right. It it There is no uh, deep level of planning mm-hmm. or deep level of decision making it's organic mm-hmm. i need the language to do this okay let's make it do this mm-hmm. and then the language does that so that's good we don't need to worry about that anymore it does that mm-hmm. so now what do i need the language to do oh it needs to do this and, and so that organic growth um i think it's it's interesting to focus on that for a minute because not a lot of languages have that that organic growth right well you look at java how java does uh you have tickets for every feature that comes up now i guess you can't call it exactly tickets but they have a lot of planning in oh we're going to do a feature we're going to do it this way here's some specifications it's very uh akin to how you see software teams plan out we're going to do this with the application get there somehow but they make a plan for what's going to happen and they evaluate whether or not what they did was a good way of doing and if they have to go back to it or things like that Right. And and that's that's a big part of it is this this idea of having a um, an architectural design, uh, some sort of specification and mm-hmm. knowing what we want the language to do and why mm-hmm. and, and defining the edge cases and thinking about why we're trying to implement this feature or that feature. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff um, doesn't really happen with PHP. Right especially in the initial stages because it's just a single person who is trying to get from one spot to the next. Well, it does this and now I want it to do that. And that growth continues through the first like two versions of PHP. Mm -hmm. 
before we start to see any sort of organization of a community. And there's a couple of other people that join on and we start to see maybe a little bit more um, of a community Mm -hmm. aspect to it, but it's still very open. Right. And, and that's a big consideration is how much, how many people were touching it when it was early and how little consideration there was on it's a specification and you're going by specifications or open tickets for this is the next thing to implement. Um, which you see with languages like C, C++ when they first came up, they had more structure. I, I don't think, and I can't remember right now if it's fair to say that they had specifications written out before certain parts were implemented. I can't remember right now, but they were actually very heavily monitored and worked on in a in a proper development fashion where you had a company like Bell Labs that was guiding this process of write this new language to do something that we currently don't have. And here's, how we, here's what we need to implement. Uh, here's the way we'd prefer things to work. And then you work at that and get the specification filled out as you go along. And that didn't happen with PHP in the early stages at all, really. Right, right. There wasn't there wasn't a concept of a specification. It was more of just let's make this part of it work. Let's mm-hmm. make this next part of it work. And so PHP comes into like a full on maturity at like PHP 3.0, and that's released in like 1998. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about a critical point in web development. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is the dot com era. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything's going to be a website. And that's when PHP is hitting its quote unquote, you know, mature stages. Right. Mm -hmm. We're we're in the third version of the language now. It's been around for a while. Companies are starting to pick it up. They're starting to become a community around it. It's growing. Um, We're starting to look at potentially adding e-commerce and and some of these concepts that are not just new Mm -hmm. in programming, but they're new. Period. What, what year did PayPal come out? Was that <laughs> <laughs> probably? Uh, it's in. It's in that. It's got it to be 2000, in the range, early two yeah. thousands. Yeah. So, so there were a lot of new concepts coming up, and there were a lot of new things that people weren't used to. Uh, instant, instant money transfers and things like that over the internet. So there were there were new ideas coming up uh, and, that nobody had seen before. Right, and PHP is poised as this this language that is for the web, right? And it's um, it's not new, mm-hmm. right? It's 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 been through some changes, so it's feeling pretty. We're feeling pretty good about it, right? We're we're scared to adopt new things, but here's mm-hmm. this thing at 3.0 version, and you know it's it may still be the new kid on the block, but mm-hmm. it's built for web. Mm-hmm. It's open source. It's free to use. It's free software. It runs almost anywhere, mm-hmm. right? I mean, a lot of the a lot of the servers at the time are like Apache servers. PHP mm-hmm. loves Apache. Mm-hmm. Let's go, right? Mm-hmm. So it picks up adoption, mm-hmm. right? Why? Because it, it it peaked at the right time. And there weren't a lot of mature choices for that purpose then. And it, when you look at it now, like there's there's frameworks for everything, for every language to do all kinds of things. And that wasn't as common at the time. There weren't as many choices as there are now where oh, what out of these 20 languages am I going to use to do this thing? There, there weren't a lot of mature choices at the time, and there weren't a lot of flexible options to do what you needed to do. And at that point, PHP was a mature language that could do those things you wanted to do. So why not? 
Yeah. And so I think that's what leads to this, you know, mass adoption of PHP. Nowadays, there's, you know, there's stats everywhere about how many sites are, you know, are running PHP. Now, most of those are WordPress or Drupal mm-hmm. or Joomla. 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 I actually don't know that one. Uh, uh, but it's a lot of WYSIWYG editors. Right. It, it's it's a, a, a lot of, oh, do you need a website? Well, you can drag and drop this onto a page and look, now a website's been generated. It's CRM. And it's, mm-hmm. it's why did we need CRM? Because everyone needed a website. No one wanted to pay a developer. Right? So it, it just, yes, most of those websites are now built uh, using CRMs. So that's why they're using PHP. But a lot mm-hmm. of those CRMs were built in PHP. Why? Because PHP was the web technology, it was, and it was, there are no licensing fees. Mm-hmm. That's that's a you know that's a company's dream. Mm-hmm. I can develop in this language and pay no one. Awesome, let's do it. And um, that, I mean that's that's a big driving factor, I guess. If you think about, and now I don't remember a year again when Facebook was started up. Like, why would you choose to use a language when you're a college student trying to uh, change the world or try to make money? Either way. Uh, you need something that's going to work and it's going to be uh, free and easy to use. Looks like 2004. Is when yeah, Facebook in that in that area sounds about yeah. right. And the early 2000s, 2000s were still dominated by PHP. Right. Well, I mean, you're on. You're looking at um, PHP five was released in July 2004. So okay. you're still, you know, we're still getting new releases of PHP. It's becoming more and more, you know, mature. We're we're mm. looking at a lot of companies adopting it. It looks like a good language mm-hmm. uh, just from this this aspect of, you know, it's easy to get into. It's easy to use. Uh, it runs everywhere. And, you know, we don't have to pay anybody for it. So right. I think that basically gets us to present. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the, the evolution. Mm-hmm. And the entire time it kind of keeps that organic growth. There is some. Uh, more structure around it as the community builds. Mm-hmm. And I think now today there's an entire organization that actually decides what happens with php mm-hmm. um i think it's called the php group um so there there are there's more central decision making now um and i think the language is heading more towards a, a more typical uh structure for continuous development on a language where it's it is a little more centralized there is input from the community but ultimately there are engineers and architects who make the decisions on how do we implement this and how do we make this better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we're headed more in that direction now than ever. Uh, but for most of its life, it was this decentralized effort right. that anyone could contribute to and anyone could use. And that um, I think that really influences PHP as a language, mm-hmm. the good parts and the bad. And we can get into those i guess mm-hmm. a little bit now we'll talk first so about the good parts can i throw up a quick thing that i just happened to come across right fast <laughs> absolutely um this is from september 2019 so okay. th- three three months ago yeah. i can't count um uh this is a stat from php.net that 60 percent of the sites using php are still on uh an end of life version so that means they're using either 5.6 or older. Oof. So I, I, that's pretty interesting to know 
because I just happened to come across that. Yeah, uh, and that, that's really interesting to know. And I think that 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 goes to a pro, to to something that PHP has faced, which is, you know, there's this, um, and we'll talk about it. I think more when we get to some of the bad parts about why, but there is this this um, resistance to change, mm-hmm. right? And we're talking about, I mean, anything that was built in the early 2000s i think now officially qualifies as a legacy system as Mm -hmm. we move into the (laughs) new the the new 20s yeah the next decade Uh uh-huh uh you know we're we're now moving into two decades past that i Mm -hmm. think it officially qualifies um and with legacy systems i mean that's those are sticky sticky systems you don't right. want to move you don't want to change you, you you're kind of wary of that kind of stuff right and you look at like the central code for facebook has probably not been touched a lot since that probably 2004 to 2006 era when it was starting up and expanding um a lot of that probably hasn't been touched where it didn't have to be mm-hmm. just because why would you want to unless there was some critical reason why you needed to and normally when security errors and things come up, you can patch those up well enough without having to rewrite systems or do any right. major changes that the user is going to notice. Um, and if you ever happen to be on the side that's not the user side and you have to work on it, you might realize how, how bad it can be just patching things up for 15 years. But most people don't ever have to see that. And we'll talk a little bit more about Facebook, I think, at some point because there's some been some interesting ways that people have gotten around the bad parts of PHP and Facebook is one of those companies. So we'll definitely get more into that, but I want to spend at least a little bit of time talking about the good parts because I wasn't trying to accidentally (laughs) transition into the bad parts. It's okay. It's, it's easy to do. There are, there are only, I think a few good points about PHP. Um, And this was something we both struggled with trying mm-hmm. to research this is there's a lot of negativity about php out there there's there's not very many objective takes on php right there's a lot of emotional influence which again i guess i can compare it to like a political spectrum there's a lot of emotional influence with people on how much they do or don't like php yeah it's a very similar thing so let's let's talk about it a little bit um we've mentioned this already before but ease mm-hmm. of adoption mm-hmm. is a big deal in php um it's an argument that you will find uh, a lot of people make mm-hmm. um, is that, look, it takes almost nothing to get a PHP file running. Mm-hmm. And that's that's I mean, ease of accessibility is a big a big plus. Right. If right. It takes minimal effort for me to get started. Um, that's that's great. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about all the web dev that we do now. I know for me, I mean, <laughs> you can't hit file new project in .NET land without picking a project template. Mm-hmm. You can, but you'll hate yourself for it because there is a lot of boilerplate code. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of configuration. And if you don't do it right, you're going to get all these weird errors and weird problems. And mm-hmm. it takes time. Mm-hmm. Now we do have those templates and that alleviates that problem. Mm-hmm. But I mean, what if the language was just easier to use? Right. What if, what if it wasn't such a, such a beast to to start up a project mm-hmm. i mean that's what php offers right and that was the big thing that it offered that back in the day too it was a big point that you could just especially in like the early days of the internet as we see it now uh just kind of roll in there with some php and start working 
And before you knew it, you had a project started and going to the point that it could do something. And, oh, we need to have this thing. We need to have some prototype of this thing going. Well, you can do that very quickly with PHP. And before you know it, you're just kind of building things with it. All right. And it's not just ease of adoption from the environment standpoint, though it is. It's also about the fact that they have a very large standard library mm -hmm. that's all in one place. It's not hard to access. You don't mm -hmm. have to think about namespaces. Everything is there. Mm -hmm. And it's accessible, and you just you just use it. So right. that that ability to have the tools you need at your fingertips in you know in seconds, you've got your your, your you know, you've got your PHP file, and you're just ready to go and start using these these different methods and these different things. Mm -hmm. That's really nice, mm -hmm. right? That's really useful, um, and that's one of the reasons I think it's a dynamic language is because that's that kind of lightweight lightweight flexible approach is critical if you want to get things up fast and get moving and get iterating on your ideas right cool so that is probably one of the big main points the next thing i'd like to mention we've mentioned this as well mm -hmm. it was born in the web right it's a web language right um so the big the big thing there is like when we're designing the language we're designing it thinking about web requests right uh, if you look at other languages, I guess around that time and even before that, it wasn't based around web interaction because that wasn't a concern people had with building the language and it wasn't concerned with uh, probably at that time getting the language fit for a lot of web interaction very quickly. Um, and PHP already had all of those things because that was the point of the language. So if you needed to do web requests if you need to work uh, server side or uh, send off some requests from a page. I mean, that was the point of PHP and a lot of a lot of other languages at that time. From what I know, I don't think we're very concerned about having all of that functionality built into the language to where, oh, look, you can do all this and C++, now just, just do it. And PHP offered that to everyone. Right, so a couple other things to mention, we have you know, there's there's no shared state between requests, so everything's done in the concept of a web request. Mm -hmm. It's fire and forget. It's there. Mm -hmm. You're not gonna have any. You know, you're not gonna be mucking with the state of any future requests. Um, there are concerns, of course, with accessing, uh, you know, databases and file systems and things that are persistent. Mm -hmm. But in terms of your actual code, you're not gonna have to worry about going out of scope and grabbing things that other requests are gonna end up using. Everything is scoped down to a single web request. And then the feedback loop is super short mm -hmm. because all everything runs within that concept of a web request. You can edit the file, remake that request, and we're, we're good. Yeah. That kind of super short, there's no restart the server. There's no, um, nothing like that. Mm -hmm. And so that short feedback loop, I mean, if you're a developer, you want the shortest feedback loop you can get. Right. It's one of the things that mobile developers hate about their lives <laughs> is that <laughs> I know this for a fact. I, I have done mobile development, right? Uh -huh. uh, in the traditional mobile development world, you recompile when you make a UI change. Mm -hmm. How frustrating is that? You have to wait three or four seconds for it to build and compile and then deploy it to the test device if mm -hmm. you're using a test device, if not deploying it to the emulator, mm -hmm. I mean, that's a, you know, maybe that's a 10, 15 second process. 
mm-hmm. you've got a slow computer, maybe it's a 30, 45 second process. I want to see a text box move and I have to wait 30 seconds mm-hmm. to get any feedback. That's hell. Yeah. Right. And that's why we do hot reloading and all of this. We try to do all these crazy things so that we mm-hmm. never have to deal with that again. Well, guess what? In PHP land, just make the request again. Mm-hmm. You've edited the file, make the request again. I'll see what the output was. Oh, it didn't do what I thought it was going to do. Change mm-hmm. it. Make the request again. Right. That is a super short feedback loop. Again, that idea of ease of adoption, get into it and get rolling and iterate on your ideas. And there's a lot of value in that. Right. Oh, that's that those two those two concepts together of it's based around doing web requests and you have a very short time in between seeing what the result of something is, testing it. That that leads to when you train someone to use PHP or if it's the first language they're using uh, for like actual web development, and this that was the case with a lot of people, I'm sure at the time that, oh, look, you can easily do anything you need to do because the specification already has it in there, or I guess you just say the language in general has it in there. Um, if you need to do something with a web uh, a website, do some kind of um, manipulation of some type, you can probably do it here. And look, oh, you can change your PHP code, do another request, and it does the thing. So getting into using the language, it has so many things built into it, and it's very easy to test if something worked or not if you're just trying to make a request do a certain thing. It's, it's very easy to get into. Yeah, so those are two, I think, solid arguments for this. And I wanted to introduce one last argument that I found everywhere. <laughs> um, and it gets back to this problem we had of mm-hmm. no one wants to talk about this objectively. Uh, but I did want to talk about this argument because I don't think it holds any kind of water and I don't think it's valid. Um, and that is that it's everywhere. Right. Everyone who talks well of PHP, they say it can't be that bad. Millions of people use it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like uh, the Java downloader screen where it says Java's on 3 billion devices. And everyone kind of just ignores that and then thinks about what they actually care about with Java. Right. And and again, Java's on 3 billion devices. And then I'm questioning, like, why is Java on this machine? <laughs> so I don't think that's a necessarily, like, I, I don't think, I'm not saying that it's, that it's a bad thing, that it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm saying that in of itself does not make PHP inherently good. Right, and I think that kind of relates back to the statistic I found a second ago, which it kind of kind of surprises me because I didn't think it was this bad that so many people are still using non-supported versions of PHP that should have been killed or at least not uh, continued to use for as long as they have been. I mean, it's been several years that... Uh, these these versions have been killed off. I'm not sure exactly how many years, but it's been a long time, and they're still uh, still running these versions that probably have major issues to some extent, probably mainly security concerns, and people still use them because why not? Well, and the real reason why is that these are mostly probably legacy systems that are too brittle to change. Mm-hmm. And so you get into this fear of what happens if we try to upgrade from 5.4 to 7.0 mm-hmm. um, and how many things will break. And I get the fear, um, but it just it shows you the state of where PHP is. And just right. because it's everywhere doesn't mean it's everywhere in its newest form. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I'd argue that PHP 7 is a much better language 
then PHP 5 or 5.4 or whatever is, you know, running on a lot of these sites. So, right. I, again, I just, I'm not saying PHP is fundamentally bad, but just because it's everywhere does not make it fundamentally a good language. Right. Um, it was good at certain things, and that made it popular uh, at a critical time in web development. And that's, you know, certainly it deserves some amount of, you know, praise for being there at a time when things exploded and being the language that everyone chose. Mm -hmm. And there, there are good things about PHP. I mean, the fact that it lives in a web request and it's inherently, um, you know, each web request is, is living in its own thread. So you can, you can, uh, you can use that to your advantage and turn things into concurrent requests right? and, and do all this. That's really neat. And it's, mm -hmm. it's fundamental to the language. Right, it's part of the language, so there are definitely good things about PHP, and there are definitely cases where you want to use it. All I'm saying is, for everyone who keeps saying it's everywhere and that's why it's good, that's not why it's good. Uh, there are real reasons <laughs> that it's good, and that's not one of them. It just right. it is everywhere, and that's a fact. Um, but it's mostly everywhere in one of its poorer forms, and you know that's not. It doesn't say anything about the language. Right. And it, it, that is a big point that I, I think that does go back to people kind of find a reason to like or dislike it. It's it's really honestly kind of funny to a certain extent because every time I come across a random article about comparing things in languages or uh, talking about uh, how does this language do this, how do these things do this, there's always some kind of inherent need to bring up PHP and either like PHP does this really well or people just hate PHP. Oh, we're going to make a graph comparing these different uh, server requests with languages. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not putting PHP on there. <laughs> uh, that That's a kind of funny aspect that there's such a, such a mentality of extremism on both sides of just hating it or loving it. Right. So now we're going to go into the part of the podcast where we hate on PHP. Uh, but JK, we're really just going to talk about why mm -hmm. it's bad. And I don't mean, look, if you want a list of all the weird things that PHP does that people hate about it, you can go to our lol PHP. Um, it's actually a really funny subreddit. It is. Um, or you can go to, there's this article called PHP, a fractal of bad design. Mm -hmm. Now it's outdated at this point. Cause I think it was written in like 2008 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but still relevant for what people are running, though. So that, that's an important note. That is true. But also, like, it gives you an idea of at least at some point what the state of the language was. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of the things in that article haven't been fixed. Some of them have. Mm -hmm. But if you want a list of what's bad about PHP, um, and if you want an updated list, there's actually uh, PHP Sadness. PHP Sadness has some interesting points in there. And PHP Sadness... Some of the ones that they talk about are very valid. Um, it like these things like bad function names is one of the things they list under there because uh, yes, some of the names are very bad for functions. Some of the things are confusing or possibly misleading to a certain extent because yeah. because it was just happened happened to be named that way. And and if you're gonna do work in PHP, I I, I mean this seriously. Maybe take some time to look at some of these things because you may 
save yourself some heartache later on when you're going, why does that do that? Why is it like this? Right. You might be able to avoid some of that. Now you could go for years trying to memorize these lists. So I don't intend to, to say that, but if you want to, if you want a, a list of all the weird things PHP does, there are resources for that. We found mm-hmm. all of them. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and so you can go there for that. That's not what we're going to do. Right. What we're going to do is talk about why PHP does the weird things that it does. Right. Um, and we'll have some examples kind of, you know, placed in here. Um, things that are, I think we think are typical of the type of problem we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the actual underlying problems. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say this because I'm going to get hate for it. Uh, and I don't want Clinton to get hate for something. Uh, that I put in these notes. Uh, the number one thing that I, and it's, it, this is not in priority, but this is the first that came to mind. Um, it's dynamic. Mm-hmm. And that fundamentally means you have to do weird type conversions. Mm-hmm. You have to, mm-hmm. right? Because, because people can write, um, you know, is the string one, two, three equal to the number one, two, three, mm-hmm. you have to handle that case. Right. Um, you know, if it was a typed language, you, the compiler could just say no. Yes. The compiler can't say no. And so you have to, to decide um, what you're going to do with weird type conversions. And every language handles this differently. I thought it was weird uh, when I first started learning JavaScript. I right. thought it was weird. And there are some weird type conversions in JavaScript. I think it's still um, weird watching type conversions in Python and how how uh, awful that can be with larger code bases. Right, it gets very bad. So, this is this is and and look, I'm not saying dynamic languages are bad. They just this they have this weird this weird set of edge cases that type languages don't have, and you can abuse it in a way that's good, and, and you can use it in in really interesting ways. Right. But let's put that aside. Okay, because I've just said that those that can be good. Mm-hmm. That can work. Mm-hmm. PHP's type conversion is particularly weird. <laughs> and I want to reference the uh, the article in my sources called "Why Does PHP Suck," which is a great name for it. Um, <laughs> there's a table in there that talks about how operators see different uh, values and how they compare them to one another, because the when you're talking about using types, the operators have to say, are these two things equal to one another? And normally you have uh, deep equality or just regular equality or things like that in a regular typed language like Java, there's equality and deep equality for like uh, complex right. objects and things like that. And really with PHP, when you talk about comparing two simple values like the string zero and the number zero, it might give you a result different than what you think it's going to give you because it just kind of makes a conversion and says, okay, well, these two things are equal because I do think it actually sees those two things as equal. Yes, it does. So it's that kind of thing. Like it's going to do something you don't expect unless you expect it. And I think that leads to this idea. And this goes, this is still on the idea of like, it's a dynamic language and it just does a lot of crazy things with casting types between one another. Um, it, you have to know what it's going to do before it does it unless you want to spend a lot of time fixing errors or possibly putting large security risks in 
because someone's going to abuse the way the language works. You have to know those minutiae and it becomes a specialized knowledge of the language because it's probably not like a lot of other languages and it's probably not like a lot of other languages you'll see used. So you get a lot of very specialized knowledge about PHP from using it. Right. And so all I'm getting at with that is like type conversion is already weird mm -hmm. um, and PHP does it poorly. Mm -hmm. So it seems like it's extra weird. Um, right. And so that's that's all I'm saying. Don't send me hate mail about dynamic languages. I use JavaScript regularly. I don't absolutely hate it. I think <laughs> I think type conversion is a little weird and it can get a little sticky and mm -hmm. um people do really cool things with it and I sometimes use little tips and tricks that I've found, mm -hmm. you know, for kind of abusing type conversion and that kind of thing. Um but anyway, should should we make a point about like newer uh, methods of doing types with PHP. Should there be a note of that? We should talk about that, and that gets a little bit into... Um, PHP has gotten better. Right. Uh, it has. It has improved in this regard. Mm -hmm. um, this we I mentioned we were going to talk about Facebook, so this is part of where Facebook comes in. Um, there is something called Hack, uh, which is basically impossible to Google. Uh, I think you can come up with results if you search Hacklang. Um but Facebook made this so that they could introduce types into slices of their program. Uh, you can basically selectively introduce typing using hack. Mm -hmm. um, and so it gets rid of some of this weirdness with type conversions and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So there are ways to work around this. Um, this but it's, they had to create an entirely new little you know, thing that they could use to, you know... It, Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen things come up now too about like doing object-oriented PHP, right? Which is an I'm pretty sure a much newer concept than uh, I, I you would think with an older language, but it is still possible to do those things now, and it's it's made the language a lot better to where you can control more about what's happening and control more of like if you need to do some complex types in your PHP or something like that. It's, it's gotten a lot better in those regards. Yeah. And so, and, and companies that bought into PHP like Facebook are doing these things. Like they have these big code bases of PHP that they need to make sure continue to work. And so they're investing still mm -hmm. in the language and, and in tooling around the language that can help you write good PHP, despite the fact that there are some things, there are some quirks that you have to kind of work around it. Right. That being one of them. Right. Um, okay. So, you know, dynamic aside and weird type conversions aside, mm -hmm. I think the bulk of PHP's problems come from its organic growth. Right. It's, it's all the old cruft, mm -hmm. right? A really good example of this is there are at least three different naming conventions in the standard library. Mm -hmm. There's C style, which is like a limited number of, letters so you have to right um you have to abbreviate everything mm -hmm. uh there's c plus plus style where you like still abbreviate things but now we had underscores mm -hmm. and then there's uh the full-on java java camel case uh you know describe everything i think there's <laughs> some influence from Perl developers too but i can't remember exactly what it is i'm sure there is and and that's cool right there's is. there's there were Perl developers who saw what was going on with PHP and thought, you know, maybe I can introduce some concepts from Perl or maybe I can, I need it to do this thing. And they 
they worked on the language. I mean, that is neat. But the problem is, is that it leads to these conflicting design decisions. Mm -hmm. Someone wants to write their, their um, method in C-like syntax because mm -hmm. that's what they're familiar with. Someone else is like, no, nah, I, I do C++ dev. Um, so I don't want it to look like that. I want to use underscores and I want it to look like this. And someone else comes from Perl. Mm -hmm. The problem is, is that, you know, it, there's no consistent naming convention mm -hmm. and that makes it harder to remember things. Right. And there's a number of cases of things like that. Uh, it, and I think I mentioned this earlier about like how things are named. They're named in a confusing or misleading way. And that comes from the style, the naming convention you were using. If you were using a naming convention, uh, it seems like some of them could just be because someone decided to name it that way and it wasn't enforced that it had to follow some standard. And I mean, even companies now have their own in-house standards for how they want things named, how they want it linted. They have standards for that now. And that wasn't as enforced with PHP where someone was like, oh, well, it works. And they would bring it into the specification now. Exactly. And that's, and, and the, as PHP has moved away from that organic growth to a little bit more of an organized effort, we're still seeing those, those, that old cruft, that old stuff, that old junk that's built up from years of being organically grown mm -hmm. that we need it. That that PHP as a as an as a community, the PHP community needs to figure out what do we do with this mm -hmm. and how do we make it better? Because yes, it is easy to use, except that I can't remember if it's a standard print out or a STD print mm -hmm. or STD underscore print. Mm -hmm. And I think I made all three of those up. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is, is that like you, you have to think more when there's like three different ways it could have been named. Right. And then there's, uh, there's echo because <laughs> PHP has echo, which right. is, uh, another thing. Like it comes from, a, uh, something that you might not expect or might expect because you have things like echo in PHP. And then you have things that are named more like a Java developer would name them because that's just how, how it happened to come out. And that's, that's just kind of the way it happened. Um, and it, it really does, I guess I'll go to Java for a second, like thinking about it. Um, it kind of is the same issue that Java has more on the side of the JVM is bloated and it's been bloated since the way back because they harp on backwards compatibility. They harp on not changing things too much to where Java runs everywhere, right? And that's, that's a big issue with them is that they have a lot of bloat and they have a lot of things that are outdated now because they won't change it because that would be a task and it might break things. And that's really the same mentality here is that changing is a bad idea because it's probably going to destroy a lot of things. There's going to be a lot of breaking that has to be fixed if you do it. Yeah, and it seems like they've gotten away from this, right? We're looking at now PHP 7 something mm -hmm. at this point. And they have started to make a lot of these changes. Mm-hmm. It's just there's so much there that they have to go back and fix. And and there are design there I, I want to go back a little bit to this concept of like conflicting design decisions and design choices. Mm -hmm. Because PHP originally treated uh for instance like referencing 
it treated it more in like a C++ style. Right. Where everything's passed by value unless you explicitly state that this is going to be passed by reference. Mm-hmm. Um, similar to, you know, referencing, dereferencing in, right. in C++. Um, and then at some point we got PHP that we got, we started moving PHP towards more OOP, more Java E. Right. And then we got to the point where objects now are passed by reference like Java Mm-hmm. primitives are passed by value okay but we still have the old method of forcing something to be passed by reference mm-hmm. and if you're not careful about how you use that old method of passed by reference it breaks things right and it has unexpected behavior and again i mean it's just a fact of like you know this this old way of doing things didn't match with the way we wanted to do things now. Mm -hmm. And so we had to come up with a creative way to mesh those two together. Those conflicting design decisions had to be, you know, merged together and, and, and fixed. And the result is something that occasionally doesn't do what you think it should. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's everywhere in the language, right? It's, it's pervasive. Then we have the explode method for splitting (laughs) strings and there there's three different methods for splitting strings in php if i remember correctly there's three different ones they all have a different function but you wouldn't really know that and it kind of confuse you first looking at it especially if you came from previous conventions and i guess that's a point to make that these conventions were probably somewhat normal at the time and now you look at the fact that the conventions aren't as aren't as normal looking at it now and the way that they name things is kind of unique to php because they were the only ones who decided to name something exactly like that so you have a bunch of methods that might function slightly differently and they're all based around the same concept or just slightly different from what you would expect from other languages around it right and that goes back to also the the sort of like not wanting to deal with backwards compatibility because someone says well i think that the string split function should do this Mm -hmm. and they're like yeah but if it does that it's gonna break how i'm using it so Mm -hmm. can you just like i don't know create a new one Mm -hmm. um that that's kind of how you end up with three different springs the string splitting functions Mm -hmm. they're all named differently that all do something slightly different and it could have been consolidated into some thing right but that's not the way that PHP grew. And so I think that's a big a big problem is just that organic growth has led to a lot of weird um, just quirks in the mm-hmm. language. Um, so yeah, old cruft is a problem. Uh, it's particularly a problem when you combine that with this aversion to failure. Mm-hmm. PHP wants to spit back a positive result under all circumstances. Uh, it's, it's your, your, your cousin who is clearly manically depressed, but keeps running around saying, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. Um, when everything is not fine, um, and it's clear that everything is not fine, mm-hmm. but they're fine. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's bad in life and it's bad in programming. Mm-hmm. Um, I get it. Right. It would be lovely if I never had to see an error message come back from my program ever again. Or you get 17,000 warnings <laughs> and you just never fix any of them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, what's also bad mm-hmm. is, um, you know, math happening that I didn't expect to happen because <laughs> uh, this function 
when it breaks, uh, it doesn't throw an error. It returns false. False gets converted into a zero. Mm -hmm. And then the math just keeps chugging along. Mm -hmm. uh, that was the thing in PHP for a very long time. I think now there are warnings surrounding it. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you divide by zero in PHP, the method that does division returns false. Mm -hmm. Funnily enough, false will type convert into a zero if you're doing math with it. So that can't possibly go wrong, right? X divided by zero equals zero. <laughs> and then you end up with, and it's not clear what happened. Mm -hmm. It's not clear what broke. You don't, unless you know that division by zero will give you false and false will convert into zero. That's a lot of steps, mm -hmm. right? Um, it just kept chugging along and spat out a result that was much, much larger than it was supposed to be or was much, much smaller than it was supposed to be. And you have right. no clue why that happened. Um, and I, that, that goes back to that whole thing of you need to know minutia about the language because, I, and I've heard this as an argument for PHP that the language will let you make mistakes on purpose. It will let you mess things up on purpose because that's the way it wants you to do it. And if you need to fix something, you're going to fix it yourself. And the, the compiler is not going to be the thing that does that. Um, so if you realize that, oh, dividing by zero is going to mess something up right here, it, the language expects you to fix it. It expects you to handle it yourself, which is kind of weird, but that's, that seems to be an expectation. I've actually heard that as a positive note. Yeah, whoever's making that argument would hate Rust. Yeah, <laughs> Rust does not like letting you do anything it doesn't like. So, yeah, but and I get that there's like, you know, there's there's something to be said for like, well, I don't want, you know, the compiler to complain about literally everything I ever do. Mm -hmm. um, and Rust is a hard language to get into, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard to make a Rust program compile. Right. Um, but once it does, it does exactly it what it never, should do. Yeah, it will never die. Uh, unexpectedly but that's that's kind of you know it's differing philosophies but i think that's a fundamental problem in php because it makes it less um debuggable right mm -hmm. we talked about having that feedback loop and that's great mm -hmm. right but what if the feed the feedback loop can't help you if you don't know um this this one minute little quirk in the language at this line right is what's causing this and that's you know there it's be one thing if the language had three or four quirks right or maybe it has i mean even you know a hundred or so quirks but php is full of these things right that i don't know if it I, it seems unmanageable it seems like it's insane to expect any one person to know all of that and to be able to figure out why things are not going right. Right. That that's a big issue with it it's so much to in it you can introduce someone into it and they can start doing things in it. That there's a big issue that what they're doing is probably not going to be good and they're probably going to have to go through a lot of steps to make it secure, make it work correctly accounting for edge cases because PHP won't account for the edge cases and it won't just give you errors in times where it probably should or give you some value that's manageable. Like when we divide by zero, you kind of expect something like a NAN or something like that. Uh, instead, you get a false and that's, well, that's not exactly the most expected manageable thing. 
you can manage it once you know that, but by the time you get through with that, you're not just being introduced and writing PHP. You're learning a lot about the language, learning a lot about what you have to do to make it do things correctly. And then by that point, you've been introduced at 10% effort, and that's all it takes to really get introduced into it. And then it takes a heavy 90% effort to get to the point of making it do exactly what it needs to do. Right. So, yeah, I think that basically sums it up. Right. Um, I mean, a lot of the things that are good about PHP are also problems in PHP. And I think that if some of these things were done intentionally, they could be done in a way um, that that doesn't have these side effects um, and these these weird quirks. But mm -hmm. that's, I think, the failure of PHP is that it, it never did standardize on anything. And so it's this collection of random tools that feels not really cohesive. And I think that's why people don't like it. Um, right. They, they, a lot of people who don't like it, I think, also aren't sure why they don't like it, except for the fact that they just hear that it's bad and they find specific reasons why it's bad, which is a, which is just a very common thing with the, the LOL PHP subreddit is people just harp on these specific things. They attack it. But yes, as far as like as far as like coming to a thesis on what is the, what is the failure of PHP it's very very incohesive development non-cohesive development that led to so many things being strange and by the time you learn to master the language uh, the argument of it being easy to introduce someone to kind of goes out the window because that doesn't let you write PHP that's really usable by the time you get down to being a master of PHP, you kind of understand why uh, it's not as friendly as it seems like it should be, even when it's easy to be introduced into. Right. So I think that's uh, our episode for yep. today. Um, thank you all for listening. Um, I'd like to invite you all to follow each of us on Twitter. Uh, I am at Austin Weber. And I am at Clinton J. Walker. We'd love to hear from you there. Yes, and we would also love for everyone to subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or basically anywhere else you listen to podcasts to. If you go to our Anchor page, anchor.fm slash use dash case, you can find all of those links there. All right, and then send us feedback and suggestions. Are we not on your favorite podcast listener? Um, or, I don't know, do you have an idea for the next episode? Any of those things you can send to us at... Um, usecasepod at gmail.com or at usecasepod on Twitter. Mm -hmm. And both of those things will be in the show notes as well as all the other things we've talked about today. Right. And as always, remember, the power is yours. <laughs>